Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. That's why when you hear, you hear some mostly white women go. Like, I like, I like dogs more than people. Mm-hmm. That, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. Yeah. I think when they say that, they're saying, I like animals more than black people. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? Like, I like animals more than people who don't look like me. Everybody else, I'm pretty cool with, and I'd, I'd rank above an animal. Like, if you had Spider-Man's dilemma where he could save Mary Jane or the train car, but except it's a dog and a bus full of black people. <laughs> There it is, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories, and we finally work to prove that Chuck Berry had to have invented rock and roll because what's more rock and roll than secretly filming hundreds of women while they shit? You think Elvis Presley had that kind of commitment to the art? No, he did not. Elvis may have died on the toilet, but Chuck Berry lived on that toilet. He lived with a terrible, terrible conscience from all of the terrible things he did to the women he hurt. That's that's my that's the theory I'm spreading this week. I think I'm your host, Langston Kerman. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm talking about uh, crimes of Chuck Berry, I guess. That's that's the energy I'm coming in with. A little hot, a little weird. Did y'all know Chuck Berry watched women's shit? I did. I've known for quite a while, and I'm happy to share with you, the listeners at home. My guest today, he's shaking his head no, 
uh, as if uh, to say he didn't know that Chuck Berry filmed women shitting. But it's, it's an exciting revelation for everybody. He's he's a wonderful stand-up comedian, fucking hilarious. He's been on on Comedy Central. He's he most recently and most importantly he has a killer fucking set on the stand-ups on Netflix season three. Y'all need to go watch the shit. So funny. Please give it up for my guest, Mr. Brian Simpson. Thank you. Thank you. Hell yeah. Damn, I didn't know that Chuck Berry watched people shit. Yeah, well, women. He's not a sicko. He... <laughs> what, what, how, did, how did it win? How? How? Apparently, and this is like, you know, he had to have really invested because this was back when cameras were big, big. And, <laughs> and challenging to mount. But apparently he like would set up cameras in bathrooms in, in his home so that he could he could have that footage. And then he he edited it together to like basically have like a super cut of just ladies taking dumps. And so when he got arrested, FBI found all of that. I didn't know any of this about Chuck Berry. I just thought he was like a, a forgotten hero that had been robbed by the white man. Of, I mean, of, it's that too. <laughs> Both can be true. You can be uh, robbed by the white man and a real fucking sicko, you know? Yeah, the, the last I heard of Chuck Berry was Smino. Smino was like, they don't give a Chuck about no Berry. Yeah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I didn't know he was, shit, he was filming people shitting. Man. <laughs> Man, we all got our man. thing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Who am I, mean, I to man, judge? So, like, he would throw away the urine ones? He would throw away... Oh, yeah, he didn't want to see that, no piss. He wow. came for the poop, baby. Wow. <laughs> all right. I mean, I guess that's how you think of something like rock and roll. Look, you think you could have written Run Run Rudolph if you didn't see somebody's shit? You know what I mean? Like, you, right. you got to see somebody's shit like, to feel inspired like, in that you gotta way. You got to be operating on your own frequency. Exactly. That yeah. that shit that had to come from something real dark and real heavy. So and did he also invent the poop fetish? I don't know, and that's a great question that that maybe we need to explore in an episode. Is that that Chuck Berry also is not getting credit for a different invention? Yeah, that, that he very much should be getting credit for because maybe rock and roll activated that fetish in in you know humans. Hmm. Like, you know, maybe before there's no prior cases of people having a poop fetish before that. Yeah. And in, a, in an odd way, I do think that the poop fetish ha has similarly been made to be a white sensation. Right. That, that we sort of oh, look yeah. at these odd fetishes and we go, well, that's white people do that nasty shit. Black people wouldn't do that. And that's wrong. Chuck Berry invented that shit. And we got to take back our poop fetish, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we would get any pushback there either. I don't think white people are going to be like, no, get no, you, you've gone too far. Well, well, who knows, man? There's an organization for everything. There may be, there may be like a subreddit for poop fetish people and preserving the history of it. Maybe there's 100% a, a poop Reddit. Uh, Reddit. Yeah. yeah. No, there's, there's gotta be. If there's a boy lovers of America or whatever, there's gotta mm -hmm. be a poop fetish. Yeah. I like to think that there's it's it's less of like the entire Reddit dedicated to the history of it and more just there's a poop Reddit and some historians <laughs> are a part of the poop Reddit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they come in yeah, and they hit the group with facts. Yeah, that seems more likely. Yeah. <laughs> we can't keep talking about Chuck Berry and poop here, Brian, because right. you came to me with a conspiracy theory that I think 
this is going to be a good one. It's one that I feel we've we've sort of covered on many episodes of the show, but never in the way that you're presenting it and certainly not to the depth that we need to go today. But you said, my mama told me. Black people don't like dogs. Yeah, yeah. Or Tell animals me more. in general. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, like my mom, because I, I think, honestly, man, I think it comes from the old, old, old black need to present us as clean, as like an counter, as like a, almost like a subconscious counter argument to that we were dirty. Mm. So it was like, so it's like the animals aren't in the fucking house. They ain't all up on your bed. They ain't all up in the counter. Right. You know, none of that. And so, like, my mom is, she is adamant about it. Like, no animals. She won't come to my house because I have a cat. So she won't even visit you because you nope. you have m- gone into this, quote-unquote, dirty space by allowing right. an animal into your now, home. Now, she may come in, but she definitely won't eat. Or uh, <laughs> so she's like, I can sit on your couch, but I'm not, I'm not eating your food. Yeah. Damn. Damn. She's serious about it, too. Do you... So I, I assume based on that, so your mother was the person who introduced this idea to you then? Yeah. And so with that, do you did you believe it when you first heard it? Because now you have a cat. You obviously are, I would hope, an animal lover or yeah, at least well, an well, animal see, I, tolerable I, person. I, I, never, I never heard it from her. She mm. just behaved that way. Oh, but yeah, you. I rarely saw any black people growing up with dogs that weren't like for protection purposes. Right. Was, Everybody's was, dog had a function, not a friendship. Yeah, it wasn't none of these little dogs, these little cute dogs. It, you know, it was a German Shepherd. It was a pit bull. It was a Rottweiler. It wasn't a, you know, a Shih Tzu or, or a Chihuahua, none of that. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I think, I don't think this is a conspiracy theory. I think this is true. I think. Whoa. <laughs> I think black people don't like dogs because dogs don't like us. Oh. Like that was our general experience because having a dog is a, is is privileged, right? So it's like, yeah. Whenever you encounter your white friend's dog, it would be like, rah, 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 rah. Like they'd be like, oh, he doesn't usually act like this. Well, why yeah, he acting yeah. like this then? Right. <laughs> no. So so that that was always my experience. Whenever I would always just assume. Oh, you don't have enough black people around your dog, right? You know, so it's racism. These dogs is racist. I talked about this a little bit earlier, but we did do a mini episode where someone suggested that exact theory that dogs are racist. That there there are some dogs, not some dogs, but the argument that I think that you're making is that animals have an inherent racism, and one of the things that we sort of found in that episode is that a lot of studies are arguing that they don't have inherent racism. And in fact, it is the lack of interaction that the owners have with these other groups that makes them react that way to black and brown people who they don't recognize. That like dogs fuck with people who look like their owners. And if you don't introduce them to people who don't look like you, they're going to act weird when they finally see somebody else. Yeah, but if that's an excuse for dogs, then why isn't that an excuse for people? 
I mean, hey. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, you know what? Horses ain't racist. Okay. Horses I'm love listening. black people. They don't need to be socialized. Every time I met a horse, they were cool as shit. <laughs> but so now dogs need to be socialized to like black people. That's the new racist then. That's inherent bias. Okay. I now I'm I'm <laughs> I'm enjoying going down this train because you are pointing out that that there are no other animals. It's not like you go to your friend's house and they have a bearded dragon and you got to be like, chill, bro. Your bearded dragon's <laughs> right. real racist right now. That said, I think the argument some people would make is that dogs are smarter animals than than the others by comparison, but not smart enough to be like cats who are just like, I'll kill the entire human race equally. <laughs> oh, right. I, I hate all of y'all. You're no one special here. What about dolphins? Okay. Dolphins don't got to be... They, they, I think they're arguably the smartest creature other than us. Yeah. Yeah, they, and they don't... They don't. Well, I mean, they do sometimes kill humans, but they ain't never killed no black people. <laughs> what well, a bold statement. Can you prove that? I doubt it, but I love the, the <laughs> confidence that you went into that sentence with. I think it will be all, it will be all over the news. Dolphin kills black man. <laughs> yeah, because we, we we would add that to, every time a creature kills a black person, we add it to the list of sure we don't fuck with. You know, we have an odd relationship with sort of like violence and animals. I think because I remember, and I'm sure you remember this as well. Those uh those when animals attack videos, and they used to do like specials on Fox when I was a kid of like just showing you hours and hours of people getting fucking mauled by tigers and, and bears yeah. and shit. And I remember uh, my mother having like great pride in the fact that there were rarely, if ever, any black people in those videos that yep. she would be, she'd be like, see, that's why that's what's wrong with white people. They shouldn't be up in these fucking animals faces and she would she'd go to bed all warm and cuddly knowing that there were no black men and women in those videos and i wonder if that was just because we didn't get footage of it or if they truly don't attack us uh, you know and, and here's the other side of that corn is when did you see black people getting attacked by animals ah in civil rights footage, yeah, when police was sicking dogs on us, yes. So we a long time ago we added dogs to the list of animals we don't fuck with. I gotta know a dog friendly before I fuck with the dog. Sure. You know. So in in, in most other animals, I'm like I'm willing to get on the benefit of the doubt. And and in a lot in a nice way, we already know what our relationship is with like gorillas and fucking tigers and shit. You know, going into that, they don't like you, and so you can just objectively go, "I there's no reason for me to even create this interaction." Whereas dogs, it's a much more complicated relationship because people people white people have presented them as as friends as partners for humanity. And then subsequently, black people have not always gotten that same feedback from the animals. Oh, right. They're like man's best friend. Yeah. yeah it's like, man? nah, not not every man. There's a few <laughs> of us that they don't really want to be friends with. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe we're willing to roll the dice a little. Because, you know, I, like you said, we inherently know not to fuck with any animals that could take you out in one swipe. Mm-hmm. 
tigers, gorillas, yeah. these sorts of things. Anything that could just rip you apart, you shouldn't be messing around with. Hell yeah. Know? But, uh, uh, you know, dogs of a certain size, you know, I, I've learned all the techniques. I let them sniff my hand. I let yeah. them, you know, I'll put it like this. As I, as I got closer to the West Coast, I've encountered less hostile dogs. Oh, as as I'm when I'm as I'm in more diverse areas, I've encountered less of less hostility from people's animals. I I will say that in L.A. feels very singular in its behavior this way, but L.A. people treat their dogs like people to the point that they like bring them everywhere into restaurants. If you invite someone with a dog to your home in L.A they presume they can just bring the dog as that if it's, it's another guest. It drives me crazy as well. Leave your fucking dog at home. But that said, I do think that also creates more of a, a constant relationship with all races and communities for the animal in a way that if it's just trapped in a cage or in the, you know, the walls of your home, it just looks at you and then doesn't know what to do with everybody else. Well, that's not worth it. <laughs> that, that, it's not, look, this this re, this recently just happened to me. I was so excited. I I hit my gold medallion on Delta, mm-hmm. and I got upgraded to first class. Yeah, it's like oh, that never happens. I got upgraded. Nah, okay, oh yeah. So so I'm sitting in first class for you know, and this big and this big giant like hillbilly looking motherfucker sat down beside me, and maybe like. Eight or nine times during the flight. This is a five-hour flight from New York to LA. Mm-hmm. He would he was he would fart, and I'm talking wicked fart, just nasty to the point where you know I kept looking at him, and yeah. he sit there and he act like he was trying to act like he was asleep, <laughs> you know. And I, and, and I you know and I get up and walk down the other end of the plane or go to the restroom or something, just like it's like damn man, like have some control of yourself. And I'm sitting there pissing this man the whole flight. Then the plane lands. And we get up, and I realized the lady in front of me had the damn dog in her lap. And it was the dog farting the whole time. Oh, so you're blaming it on this man, and it wasn't the man at all. Yeah, I'm sitting there the whole time, like, wanting smoke. Like, younger me would have wanted all the smoke. Yeah. But, yeah, I sit there the whole time blaming this nasty dog farts on this man. And this lady just no shame, just shameless. Just letting our dog fart. Yeah. And you could tell it it wasn't like a service dog or nothing. You know I mean? <laughs> because just because of the way it was the way it was behaving, you know. Oh, I thought you were gonna say because of the uh size and, and breed of it. The, you know, because service dogs gotta be like a sturdy dog. I feel like a lot of people are bringing like lap dogs on and being like, Yeah, it's a service yeah. animal. It's like Yeah, this nah. is a lap dog. This is a lap dog. And and you know. And she ain't even apologize, or she didn't look ashamed. Sure. I mean, yeah, here's all... here's what I'll ask you: What could she have done? Because <laughs> it's a fucking dog. Like she can't be like, cut it out, Maurice. Quit quit farting on this goddamn plane. You're embarrassing me in first class. Oh, oh, leave his ass at home. Mm. And that's be- there we go. Be- because because you know, listen, if your dog, because I, I get it, dogs are dogs. Dogs gonna fart. Yeah. You know? But if your dog got a problem with gas to the point where, like, he's farting, you know, two, three times an hour. Right. You're aware, and and you know what you're about to subject people to in this daggone tin can in the sky. Ain't no, but we're a captive sure. audience. <laughs> 
Put a you little know, mask on your dog's butthole and and right. help us help ourselves through this experience. Yeah, and I'm and I think she may have had some kind of deodorizer or something, but she get she only used it twice. Like she gave up. Oh, damn. You know, All right. Ass. Well, let's let's circle back because I do think that that you started a bit of a train that I I don't want us to completely jump off of yet. You said there was, for your mom, it was a question of cleanliness. And mm-hmm. now as a pet owner, do you at all align or at least understand your mom's position in terms of not wanting to be around unclean animals? Do you feel like your cat makes your place dirtier? Are you worried oh, yeah. about that at all? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a, it's a constant fight to get her hair out of things. Mm-hmm. They need they need everything to smell like them, so they're constantly rubbing their face on and paws on things because they need their scent everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a constant fighting, you know, uh, running behind and recovering up her scent and her marking it back again. And yeah, yeah, I can understand completely. So you yeah. think your mom's not bugging when she goes like, nah, I'm not going to eat here. Uh, we got to go elsewhere. Well, I think she's being a little unreasonable in how far she take it. But <laughs> but her base reasoning is sound. I mean, animals are, are gross. Sure. They're, they're yeah. not they're not up to human standards of cleanliness, if nothing. Well, no, else. I mean, because children are gross, too. Oh, I oh, buddy. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's you know, I, I don't know if you, I mean, it's like, my, like unless you want to live in a clean room with the white suits on and the, yeah. uh, you know, and the air being pulled to the ground and all, I mean, it's going to be something in your house. No, you know, for so, sure. I, the amount of times that my baby has thrown up on my chest and then I just had to finish a meal is, mm-hmm. is countless at this point. And that's just part of the deal. If you love something, you kind of have to to let them do whatever it is that they know how to do. And right now, all she knows how to do is shit and throw up. So here we are. Right, right, right. But having an animal is a hard choice. And it's also something you can undo, you know, mm-hmm. after the fact. You can't. It's kind of, Well, I guess you can do that with with kids, too, but it's kind of frowned upon. Uh, not legally. It's, uh, it's a, well, it's a messier legal situation when you, when you just decide to undo it. You got to kind of have right. a reason for it a little more. Yeah, well, you, I think you can just say, uh, give it up. I think you just give it to the state. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can do it, but but you got to you gotta really prove this is worth it because oh, the, yeah. the court ain't just back. letting you, like, leave the house and never come back kind of vibes. Yeah, I think that's definitely illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask yeah. you this before we before we go to break, because I do think that this is an important one. You said you do believe that Black people don't like animals, and yet... Here you are, a a pet owner speaking to me. Do you think that like, or or is there a a rephrasing of this that you would want us to consider, or do you think you're just an exception to the the rule for black people? No, I, I yeah, I would I would rephrase it. I would I would I would just say I think black people in general, lo- we like animals from a distance. Mm. You know. It's we're, more of an up close relationship that becomes challenging. Yeah, yeah, we have a different relationship with animals. I think you have, you would be hard pressed to find a lot of black people that say they like animals more than people. Mm-hmm. They're out there, 
but generally speaking, black people are like, no, animals are animals. Yeah. I'm pro you know, black first. I'm uh <laughs> yeah. I'm pro animal like eight, probably. <laughs> right. Like black people black people have outside dogs generally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Instagram is kind of changing that way. Like black women now have lap dogs, but that didn't used to be the case. Yeah, I do think to that point, some of this feels like a, a version of uh of like media, right? Like the 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 our relationship with media where it's like Yo, for years, we were told over and over again that our dogs were just meant to be attack dogs in movies and television. And so subsequently, a bunch of people were like, yeah, yeah I've got to get a fucking attack dog. I'm not about to kiss it in the mouth like a psychopath. I'm be <laughs> right. like everybody else. <laughs> right. Well, like, you know, what it, you know, too, it started to when Mel Gibson, I don't know if you remember Lethal Weapon, when Mel Gibson shared the ice cream cone with his dog. Absolutely. Man, and that was a whole different reaction in the black theaters. Oh, that motherfucker's <laughs> nasty. What are you doing, Mel? And it turns out the black theaters were more right about Mel Gibson. He is a nasty <laughs> motherfucker. And, right. And we should have right. booed him for a lot of his behavior this whole time. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Brian Simpson and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. And we are back. Yeah, we're back here with more Brian Simpson, more my mama told me. We're still talking about the possibility that black people do not like dogs, specifically 
we don't like them up close. We're more of a uh, keep your distance kind of relationship, or rather we have more of a keep your distance kind of relationship with animals. Do you think, Brian, that that is specific to the breeds? Are we like, yo, I fuck with schnauzers, but I don't fuck with pit bulls or whatever it is, or is it just the animals in general? Hmm. I don't know because because again too I think I think this theory is a little antiquated because like mm-hmm. I said because now it's sort of it's sort of just now started becoming acceptable for us to be more gentle, right, and, and open with our mental health, yeah, and that sort of thing. And so you know now you now nowadays in the last decade you see more black people with lap dogs and more black people with other breeds but but seriously when i grew up i ain't seen nothing but rottweilers and pit bulls and german shepherds yeah in in a, you know? in a odd way it's sort of like uh black people couldn't learn to love dogs until they learned to love themselves you know oh. <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for that very stupid uh inspirational <laughs> quote but then i'm gonna put it on a t-shirt and then then we'll see what happens. Yeah. And police don't really use dogs as much to attack us. Not in the way that they did generations before, for sure. Right. Yeah. So I think that's another thing, too. It's like, I think we're more convinced that dogs like us. So yeah. Like, All right. I can fuck with you. To that you know? point, and I, I'm glad you you sort of are, are acknowledging the the rise, the the rise in sort of like pet ownership and certainly like the the improved pet relationship. I first wanted to be able to address this by looking up the percentage of dog ownership in the black community. As it turns out, as of, I think, 2016, black people still remain the group least likely to own a dog or cat in this country. They clock in around 37 percent compared to nearly 65% for white households. That's like almost a 100% difference in, wow. in terms of uh, our ownership. Wow, that's that's surprising. Yeah, it's it's but, it's a big difference. But you but you said dogs and cats. Yes, dogs and cats, we are neither yeah. 37% of us own something. And own is maybe a problematic word at this point, but 37 of us have a relationship with a dog or cat, whereas 65% of white people have dogs or cats in their household. But do you think, do you think that's an income thing, like income disparity? I think that's a great, that's, that's actually one of the main things that people sort of point to in terms of the challenged relationship that black people have had over the years with dog ownership, right? And this is something pretty simple that never fucking occurred to me until I started to do this research that black people didn't, we weren't considered people for a really long time in this country, right? Like that that just was part of the deal that like literally up until 1870, black men weren't even allowed to vote or, or, or sort of like exist on the ballot and then it isn't until like a hundred years later that black women are allowed to exist on the ballot. And so uh, it, it, we're not people. There's no way they're not making us people and letting us own dogs. You know what I mean? Like they, right. you're not allowed to have a fucking dog if you're not a person as far as the white man is concerned, I would presume. 
Right. It's like you wanted the pets. It's like letting the cow own the dog. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Why does right. the cow need a dog? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. That's for damn sure. And so with that, the additional part that they sort of point to is that it it also meant that by the time that we do start to to create freedom in this country, as it were, we're not immediately launched into wealth, right? Like, it's not like we suddenly have a bunch of money to be able to play around with. And so because of that, pet ownership isn't an asset. It isn't a a thing that you're seeking out. It's a liability, if anything. It's just another mouth to feed, which means right. a lot of Black people, especially early in this country, had no interest in adding another party to their their already growing problems. Yeah, another side effect of us not getting reparations. Yes. I mean, had we gotten <laughs> our 40 acres and a mule, maybe we would have let a couple dogs run around on those acres. Sure. You know, I saying? don't need maybe. a mule. Give me two dogs stacked on top of each other the size of a mule. You yeah, know what I mean? give me give me a plot of land to to cultivate and maybe I can sell things at the market. Maybe I have some disposable income to teach a dog a few tricks mm-hmm. or, or have had add, add an income to the family. Exactly. I, I want to, I want to feed a dog, but I need you to, to do right by me first. I want to yeah. be able to, to keep a dog alive, but I need you to, to, to repair this broken relationship, white devil. In fact, in fact, how many black people have won that, 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 you know, that dog show they have Westminster. Yeah. How many, Black <laughs> you're looking it up now. I, I will say, one. while you're looking it up, one of the things I found is that Cosby actually at one point owned a dog that was a potential winner for the Westminster Dog Show. That he was like he the the, the Cos had a dog that was about to to win it all. And what happened? He raped it. Yeah, probably. No. <laughs> he probably so happened? kissed it while it was sleeping. You know, classic Cos. So it looks like 2017 black people shine. They black shine at Westminster? Shine at the 2017 National Dog Show. Okay. Does that mean they won or does that mean they just showed up uh, oiled up and, and happy to be there? Oh, man. This is one of those local papers that writes like a, like a paragraph and doesn't give you any more. Yeah, they didn't win. That just meant like there was more <laughs> representation than than any year before, you know? Yeah, and see, and I see this is gonna take further research because I didn't realize they make a distinction between the owners and the trainers. Yeah, and it also it to win it all is is a different thing than winning your category, and it's it's a I think a much more uh, involved thing than I anticipated, certainly. But I did just find out that even though Labradors are the most popular breed in the United States, they've never won Best in Show at Westminster. Mm. That actually reminds me of something we've talked about on the the podcast before as well is uh have you ever heard of anything called black dog syndrome? No. Oh, were they were they harder to adopt? Yeah, not harder to uh, adopt. They're easy to, to adopt, but they are harder for the adoption agencies and and sort of like the the kennels to get rid of because of I guess an inherent racism that white people already have against black things that that they're less likely to buy or or adopt black animals and the argument that white people make for this is that they don't show up as well in pictures but yeah yeah we know 
you know? Yeah, I know. When, when I went down to get my, when I went, when I was trying to find an animal at the shelter, it was that. It was the, it was black dogs and gray dogs. Yeah. Yeah, where, where it was full of black and gray dogs and black cats. Yeah, apparently they, they ain't, they ain't moving off the shelf too fast, you know? Yeah. But, but now people say they don't show up well in pictures, but I think this was an issue well before social media. Exactly. And that's, that's more my challenge to whatever that suggestion is, is that like, if this were in fact just a, a picture issue, it would be a more recent issue. But the reality is y'all have an inherent bias against things of this color. And uh, maybe we need to explore that and not just scapegoat it through like, no, my camera, you don't know how to capture my dog and I want to film it. So I can't love this thing. And and to be fair, though, cameras, you know, I I don't I know every black person has has experienced this, but it wasn't until just recently, like the iPhone 12, where those cameras started putting the box around black faces more easily like yeah. before unless the whole photo was black people it you know you would it would it would it would be like confused yeah because you know, like i think they would only they would test it on in, in japan they would only test it on japanese people well i'll say this as a light-skinned man i i've been very fortunate that iphone has been able to recognize me for a while but i've, I've heard <laughs> i've heard tell of of the darker skinned man's experience and i will say that that is still true even for fucking those sensors with like bathrooms like with like putting my hand under sinks and shit oh, like it don't even pick me up and i should yeah. be easy to to turn the faucet on for Oh, I see. I didn't know. I didn't know that th- that that was why that was happening. I think so. I think it's not great uh, calibration for dark skin, as, as, and that's true for cameras as well. That it isn't until recently that cameras were even built in a way that they could handle seeing dark skin. Yeah, it's like you have to smile. You in the picture with the attitude, or you trying to meme mug? Yeah, exactly. No, you got to show them teeth. And we don't all yeah. look good with our teeth showing. Some of us that's, look good yeah, with a, you know, a closed mouth smile. Yeah, exactly. Or a little, just a little grin, a little shitty. <laughs> so here's here's another thing. And this sort of connects to what you were saying about the the poverty of it all that I did not realize. But because of the lack of pet ownership, right, or or rather the struggles of pet ownership when you don't have a lot of money, there there are lots of 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 examples, I guess, historically, where even when people attempted pet ownership, the powers that be made it more challenging. For example, in the early 20th century, there were, in fact, laws that banned people who were on welfare from pet ownership. They weren't allowed to have pets if they were on welfare. Whoa. So that meant, because of that, This was not only a way to weaponize dogs against black people in the sense that, like, you can't have one without risking your own safety because of this odd relationship that that sort of white people created with, you know, German shepherds attacking and shit. But even if you wanted a dog, you could be potentially risking your house and home by having one if a social worker shows up. There are stories of people hiding their dogs when social workers come to check on the home to make sure that they don't, like, lose their funding or their public housing or whatever it is, all because of these odd laws. Man, I had no idea. Yeah, man, it sucks. 
Was this like the Ronald Reagan welfare queen shit where he was like, oh, she's riding around in a Cadillac with a new weave and two dogs <laughs> in the backseat? I wish it was that late in history. Well, no, I don't wish it was that late, but it's actually even earlier. It's, it's, it's like much earlier in the 20th century that this is happening, which makes it even sadder, right? Because these are, if we're talking about periods of reconstruction, and even if we push all the way into, you know, the, the Great Depression and all these times, if white people were having a bad time during this point, black people were having a much harder time and much more in need of these social services. And then subsequently, white people are creating all kinds of barriers to not only make accessing those social services harder, but also to keep you from experiencing a type of joy that maybe you otherwise would like to experience. What is a dog? You know, dogs make people happy. They make people feel good to have around them and they're making sure people can't. But you have to also remember the whole basis of like American racism, right? Mm -hmm. It was, it wasn't to just shit on black people, but it was to, it was to placate poor whites. Yes. By, by giving them someone that's poor. Sure. So at, at their poorest, they needed, they, you know, it's, it's, it was hard for a poor white to see a black person with a dog when they can't afford a dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's that kind of shit. Because people do the same thing with welfare now. Like, you see, it'd be, the, you know, the cash register complaining because somebody paying with food stamps and they got an iPhone. Right. They're like, well, how, how the fuck this? I can't qualify for food stamps. How you got an iPhone? It, it's that kind of thing. It's like, you're supposed to be poorer than me. And it's you like, know? the iPhone is not a reflection of, of my <laughs> poverty. It's a reflection of, of something I've, I've gotten access to. You don't know how the fuck I got right. this iPhone or why I need this iPhone for Yeah, how my you know survival. my work didn't give me this? Yeah. yeah. My, it, was, it was a gift. I stole it. It ain't none of your business. It's, it truly has nothing to do with you. And please still count my poverty wherever you count my <laughs> poverty. Like, I'm still as poor as yeah. I was before with the iPhone. Then ring, then ring up these king crab legs on this phone. <laughs> Mind your damn business. Right. I might be allergic to regular ass food. I might need king crab legs yeah. for, for my survival. Ring up these steak medallions. <laughs> mind, mind your business. So I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that I found even more sinister underneath all of this, and this one blew my fucking mind, or at least it, it didn't blow my mind. None of this blows my mind, but it, it definitely gave me pause, is that there are studies that show that pet ownership has a positive benefit on the human body, on literally our our own health and functionality, right? They say that pets, by owning pets, people who own pets decrease have decreased loneliness, lower blood pressure, and increased socialization. So it's literally making you a healthier person to own pets. And I would argue that there's a real chance that like the powers that be have have created this tumultuous relationship with dogs and cats for black people as a way of shortening our lifespan. Mm. Man, that's, that's wow. That's yeah, man. You, yeah, you might've learned me something today (laughs) because yeah, that, that, that has to be what it is. That fits into the larger conspiracy against our people. I think so. They don't want us to have dogs. Because they want us to have high blood pressure, which is something that we suffer from uh-huh. over uh, over the the average or whatever, right? Yeah. And 
yeah, increased loneliness. I like that. So yeah. all of this, as I sort of like found myself accumulating this research, it all felt like this weird chess move for me to uh, almost abuse black people with an animal they call black people cold-hearted monsters for not liking, right? That like you spent generations using dogs to attack black people, both uh, enslaved black people all the way through fucking civil rights movement. And even today, there's plenty of footage you can find today. I, I'm still thinking about and it's dogs, it's horses, it's all the animals that police love to use. But like I'm thinking about those fucking Haitian refugees who were being sort of like whipped and and wrangled by the people on the border on horseback and like with dogs running next to them and shit. And all of this is sort of like this intentional move to be like, yo, we're going to weaponize these animals against you. And then when you go, hey, I don't like that animal, you go, hey, you're you're a bad guy, bro. Why would you not like it? Yeah, that's 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 crazy. The other thing that I think is intentionally happens with a lot of these things is they they love to point to our most hyperbolic examples, right? That like obviously Michael Vick it did some pretty fucked up shit with dogs and had a complicated relationship with animals in general, I imagine. But Michael Vick is not necessarily representative of all black people certainly in terms of our relationship with animals, that motherfucker ain't like me in a lot of ways. And, you know, I mean, I can't run that fast or throw that far or do any of the things Michael Vick can do. I certainly don't have his taste in dog blood. You know what I mean? But also, it's like, I I feel like people were kind of harsh on him. I mean, listen, he wasn't running the dog ring. He funded it. (laughs) Look, if, if he gave his Look, if he gave his them same family members money to open up a chicken spot, sure, no, nobody would have batted an eye, even though they slaughtering thousands of chickens so you could have Louisiana hot or, or yeah, or, or, or I forget what they call it. But you know what I'm saying? It's like so, just so you could have chicken strips, all the shit that has to happen to an animal before that, like you're raising them just to chop their heads off. Nobody would have had a problem with that. He was, you know, he, he was keeping these dogs alive long enough to, you know what? I'm not just. <laughs> I was about to say. It feels like you're defending Michael Vick right now, and and yeah, but 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 I just feel like some of those same people, they go to these hot chicken spots out here. Yeah, knowing knowing what happened to them chickens. So I'm not. Both things are wrong, is what I'm saying. Sure. Even though I'm not vegan, <laughs> but I but I have accepted that I don't have an argument against vegans. I, they just taste good, and I'm and I'm evil in that way. Yeah, I I do think, but to your 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 point, and maybe a, a grander point to build from this is the fact that Michael Vick sort of got taken down as like a person funding this ring, but he wasn't. We weren't then looking at how far these branches extend out to like the breeders or the other people who may have provided some of the the assets to make this dog fighting ring happen. They're just going, you are a target. We will put you in prison as the face of animal cruelty. And the reality is there's plenty of evidence that all the people who are who are intentionally making more and more of these dogs that they know are are less healthy and less able to defend themselves, function out in society, are also doing a very cruel thing and should be held accountable, if nothing else, for what they're doing. Yeah, those wiener dogs, you ever see those dogs with the long bodies? Hell yeah. 
they always got fucked up hips. Yeah. And people still people still want them just because they cute. Yeah, 100%. I had a I had a pug when I was in college and I found out just from studying pugs and shit that they they weren't even the reason pugs exist is because a emperor in China wanted to make a dog that looked like a monkey. And so he went to his scientist people and said, hey, get me a monkey dog. And they came back with a pug. And then those motherfuckers don't live past 10 because they're mutants, because this this <laughs> emperor was like, give me a fucking mutant to, to please me. It's it's all cruel. We're all doing bad things to these animals. We just pick and choose which which version of this we're going to call monstrous. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Brian Simpson and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. And we are back. Yeah, we're back here with more Brian Simpson, more my mama told me. We're still talking about the possibility that black people do not like dogs. And maybe this entire negative relationship was cooked up by the white devil himself, that this is not black people being cruel, evil people, but instead it is the white man choosing to create a tumultuous relationship between us. Brian, let's play a game. This is the the point in the, the podcast where we, we like to play a game. And, and today's game, our, our game this week is a game, a very popular game on the show. It's, it's a game called White, white Lies. Lies. 
ugly. You are disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me $200. White Lies. This is a, a fun game, Brian, where I am going to introduce to you a popular conspiracy theory in the white community. And what I would love for you to do is break down why you think white people are so committed to this conspiracy theory. Why do you think they, they stick with this? What do you think these sneaky motherfuckers are up to? That makes sense? Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. So this is a fun one. Apparently, there are some people who believe, there are some conspiracy theorists who believe that wind farms cause cancer that there is cancer being caused by wind farms, not because of the wind that's being created, but instead the noise from the wind farms leads to cancer in the body. This is an, a real argument that people are making that when the noise from wind farms is leading to cancer. My question for you, Brian, why do white people believe that? Mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they hear the cries of our slave ancestors sneaking through the woods at night in the wind oh they're like that this is carrying the wind that i didn't want winding my way exactly yeah. <laughs> and so by hearing all of that they get sick in their bodies unintentionally in a way that they otherwise would not have if they didn't have yeah. to hear those their bodies so violently reject mm -hmm. the old negro spirituals that they start developing tumors. <laughs> it reminds me, I love this. It reminds me of uh, a conspiracy theory we've talked about before on this podcast of the theory that hurricanes are the souls of dead slaves. Have you ever heard that? No. So apparently hurricanes only really exist, certainly in this country, coming across the Atlantic, that they're born off the coast of Africa and then come travel basically the route of the transatlantic slave trade to touch America. So that's why they always are moving sort of like westward and then slightly like arcing in that way. To, to and, the south. Yeah, exactly. And so there are arguments to say that these are the souls of the people who did not make it, basically seeking redemption by attacking the country via the wind. And this is a white conspiracy theory? No, this is black folks. Black folks. Oh, are, okay. Uh, <laughs> the, we're, these are our superhero stories that uh, that Marvel didn't write. You know what I mean? Oh, right, right. I thought hurricanes came for gays. The gay <laughs> stuff happening. <laughs> or is it, is, it, oh, is it old slaves that hate gays? I mean, or maybe I, it's old gay slaves. Okay, I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these old gay slaves are blowing their way to the country and nobody was nice. I can't imagine people were nice to old gay slaves. So they're like, I'll fuck all y'all up. I don't care who's uh, on the yeah, other side of this. Yeah, yeah, that, that would, it would have been really difficult to be a gay slave for sure. Yeah, because you're getting it on both sides. You're getting whipped for being a slave, <laughs> but then you're getting whipped for being gay. Right. And how do you even secretly, how do you even know what to call it? Hmm. I think they you knew. Know. I think yeah. <laughs> it was gay's not a new invention. I think they had a, a pretty yeah, clear like, sense of like, yeah, you, I think you I see know the way he came way. out the field. <laughs> this is great. Brian, I think we did it. I think I think we nailed this episode. This was yeah. this was really fun. Could you tell the people at home where they can find you and what cool shit you have going on? Yeah, you can find me at BS Comedian on Twitter and Instagram. You can click on my link tree. You'll see that I got a lot of lot of things going on. 
I'm going to be at the Irvine Improv on February 9th and 10th. I'm going to be in Madison, Wisconsin at Comedy on State on uh, February 24th through 26th. I'm going to be in uh, in Bakersfield on March 5th. And then Punchline Philly in April, 8th, 7th, 8th 9th, and 10th. And then, oh, the Netflix Festival at the end of April, April 29th. Hell yeah. So. Yeah, so uh, there's probably be other stuff in between that as well. So, you know, but just click on my link tree. It's all there. Keep a lookout for my own podcast. It's being relaunched very soon. Hell yeah. Well, go go to any of those shows. Brian's got a shit ton of them. And follow Brian and, and go watch his Netflix special. It's so funny. He killed it. Oh, yeah, it. please do that. Yeah, watch watch the special and then go see him live. That's you better do it, bitch, or I'll kill you. That's that's what I say. And uh, <laughs> as always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman on all the platforms. And please, please, please remember to subscribe. Remember to re- review, comment, do whatever that bullshit is you're meant to do. And as always, if you have your own conspiracy theories, your own opinions, your your, your drops that you want to send me, you can send them to mymamapod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, I don't know. Bye, bitch. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 